Hey there, welcome to Walking Alongside Perspectives, a combination of short monopods as well as some conversations with cool folks covering various topics based on what is going on in the world, focusing on the broader theme of perspectives. As Friedrich Nietzsche said, there are no facts, only interpretations. So let's get into it with this episode. Thanks for being here. I think it would be safe to say that I am an animal lover. Not in the crazy cat lady way, just in the loving of cute, fluffy, and sometimes not so fluffy critters kind of way. I adore baby farm animals, I can get stuck scrolling through reels on Instagrams of animal antics, and admire the amazing photography of wildlife for, well, too long. I love, love, love sea turtles and dolphins and whales, and thanks to Rob Stewart and his movie Shark Water Extinction, I now also love sharks. And when my dad decided at some point that my brother and I should have a dog, we got one, much to my mom's dismay, but Bella was a great dog and we loved her, though as often happens, we got the love and my mom got all the work. It was a different time then. Dogs weren't necessarily walked like they are now and they certainly weren't coddled, dressed, booted up and fed gourmet-esque food. So when we decided that we would get a dog, I shouldn't have been surprised that I ended up doing the majority of the dog management. To be fair, I wasn't working at the time, had the ability to spend the necessary time getting Luna house trained and waking up in the middle of the night to let her out, so it's not surprising that she is bonded to me in a way that she isn't to Chris or Daphne, though of course she loves them too. Daphne wasn't and isn't enamored with the work aspect like feeding and walking, in fact, often makes it feel like it's more of a punishment when in reality we got the dog for them. Sigh. It's fine though, because I get so much unconditional love from Luna, and she is essentially my shadow. Wherever I am, she is. She sleeps with me, there is a bed in my office for her, when I'm homesick she is within arm's reach of me at all times, and when we get home from any outing, whether it's five minutes or five hours, the greeting at the door is crazy. And so it does compensate for the fact that rain, shine, or minus 30, down with COVID, or suffering from food poisoning, I still take her out for most of her walks. Now this might not sound like a great feat of anything, and honestly I think we owe it to our four-legged friends to let them out and walk and sniff and do what they need to do since it's us who decided to bring them into our lives. Just like we get our cars kitted out with car seats, get strollers, put those plugs in places wherever children for whatever reason want to stick their fingers, when we become parents to human children, when we become parents to fur children, there is also a certain amount of responsibility that comes with that. And this is where it gets interesting. I think that cat owners are imminently smarter in some ways because when you get their food and water, litter box, scratching post, a few toys, basically you're good to go. Cats are far more independent and so are less work. But unless you have one of the relatively rare affectionate cats, the loving you get is largely on their terms. Which for cat lovers is probably fine. And there are of course exceptions. Daphne will often cat sit for our neighbors across the alley, whose new cat is so lovely and loving that they love spending time there because Sean is so affectionate, despite Daphne being incredibly allergic to him. But what I really love about Sean is that he is a 100% indoor cat. When he's out, he's on a leash. He's not spraying, digging in flower beds, or catching birds. And while we could do with a few less magpies, we need all the robins and chickadees and chipping sparrows as we can get. Well, within reason. And outdoor cats are one of the top reasons our bird populations are declining. That and windows and climate change. Pollution, but my point is, whatever animal strikes your fancy, it is imperative that you be a responsible pet owner. If you have a pet, you need to get them licensed. When she goes out for her walk, we have her poo bags and she's on a leash. She has her dog tags showing she's up to date with her vaccinations. So I think we pretty much have all our boxes checked. 
cats, on the other hand, even if they are licensed and registered, for some reason often get to have the run of the neighborhoods they live in. Again, while I like cats, I don't like finding their poop among my strawberries or in my flower beds. I can't stand the scent of cat urine in my evergreens, and I feel really sad when I see that one has been hit by a car. Chris and I groan when we see the lost cat signs because in our neighborhood, they will likely have become coyote snacks or been the victim of a traffic fatality. Neither is a fitting end for any animal, especially since it was a human at the end of the day who decided to bring them home and ostensibly care for them. People will say that they let their cats outside because they're so much happier outside. And I'm really gonna have to call BS there because unless they're barn cats, who are already at extreme risk, more so than in the city of getting hit by a vehicle, getting eaten by wildlife or inadvertently getting poisoned because of whatever stuff is around that is toxic to animals, cats do not have to be outside. If they have been accustomed to being on a harness or a leash from the time that they were brought home, it wouldn't be an issue. Just like we had to get Luna used to having boots, cats will get used to being in a harness. And if they don't, then it's no outside time for you, putty tat. If it is a rescue cat who is used to being outside, then that's even more of a reason to keep them indoors where it's safe and they won't try to run away. Or they could be in one of those cool cat runs that are attached to the house via a pet door, but are completely enclosed and safe and the cats can be out in the fresh air, but are unable to wreak havoc with birds and gardens. And even if they have been spayed or neutered and aren't adding to the already unmanageable population of cats needing to be homed, it's just not responsible pet ownership to let them be outdoors, unsupervised where they can, despite the mythology about how smart and savvy cats are, get hurt or worse. Which brings me back to dogs, because dog owners are as culpable of bad actions as cat owners. Despite the fact that I see tons of folks out walking with their pooches, I would be remiss to say that they are all doing an exemplary job as upstanding dog owners. How is it possible that along the sidewalk there are still gross piles of doggy doo if everyone is picking up after their charges? And it's not all coyote scat. That is very recognizable. And what I'm seeing and have stepped in on too many occasions is the very recognizable poo of a well-fed dog, often a very large dog. If your dog is on a leash, and they should be everywhere that isn't a designated off-leash area, more on that pet peeve in a moment, you should see what your dog is doing at all times and make sure you pick up after it. Now, I admit to a few occasions where I forgot to replace the bags in the dispenser only to be standing there watching Luna do her business wondering what to do next. But the answer has always been to mark the area with some sticks or a pile of snow or whatever and come back to pick it up. And on all of the dogs who have gone to heaven's grave, I have done that every single time I have forgotten a bag. Chris has even gone so far as to use his bare hands and piles of leaves to clean up after Luna. So I think it's a disgrace when there is dog poop in the boulevards or people's yards or the middle of the sidewalk. And again, not an exaggeration. As I said, there've been too many occasions that I've inadvertently stepped in crap because someone didn't clean up after their dog on the freaking sidewalk. Really, there just aren't words, but it's worse in the off-leash area. There are garbage cans all along the trail and I'm pretty sure it's not just for empty latte cups, it's for poo bags. And yet, the number of times I see people walking to a garbage to make a deposit are rare. Off-leash areas are great. The dogs can run around to their heart's desire, interact with other dogs, chase squirrels, find sticks, splash in the water when the weather permits, but there is still a responsibility to be responsible. Trying to keep eyes on your dog and look for that telltale hunched back and trek into the bush to collect the treasure and deposit it in said garbage cans. You're not off the hook just because your dog's not on a leash. 
It's already April, which means we are in what in Edmonton we consider to be spring. And with that, the snowmelt has begun in earnest. And there are several weeks now that I am not going into the ravine, partly because it's mucky and gross, but also because it's literally a minefield of melting dog crap. It smells unpleasant enough down there because of whatever it is in the water of the creek, but when it's mixed in with the smell of soggy, thawing doggy doo, it's downright revolting. Okay, that might be a slight exaggeration, and I do go down to the ravine to experience nature, not relive what it might have looked and smelled like on the streets of downtown New York circa 1800. While it might be sounding a little overdramatic, it's a problem. All that fecal matter will eventually disintegrate, but it isn't immediately becoming fertilizer. It can get into the creek water where dogs swim, and the bacteria levels can get to be where they are very unhealthy. It's not manure, it's a form of pollution. I actually have a lot of guilt having a dog. They need food, which when the first ingredient is chicken, I kind of don't want to know where it's coming from after seeing what happens to male chicks at egg hatcheries. They need single-use plastic bags to collect their twice or thrice daily poos. And if you are like many pet owners, they have toys and shoes and clothes and things that when they have reached the end of their useful life, end up in the landfill. So there is a lot of waste associated with having a dog. And then there are the dogs themselves that when they were purchased or adopted, especially during the height of the pandemic, are now proving to be more than some people can handle with their lives post-work from home. And they're ending up abandoned and are creating a burden on a system already struggling to do right by the animals they take in. I have a sticker on my coffee cup that I sometimes feel bad about. It says, not antisocial, just anti-idiot. Some days I feel it's kind of harsh, but on days when I read about the number of dogs being illegally dumped or seeing the dumps that dogs took that no one picked up, or I see some cat prowling down the alley or stalking a bird in the green space, I feel that sticker is pretty much bang on. And never is it truer than when I am walking with Luna on a designated on-leash area and some numpty who thinks that they are a dog whisperer has their dog off-leash. Even in off-leash areas, I don't let Luna run free. She's too dumb. Her recall is too bad. And when she is on the trail of a squirrel, there is no getting her to come. So she stays on leash at all times. It saves everyone unnecessary hassle. Plus, she has been attacked, literally pinned down by big dogs, too many times that it just isn't worth it. On our regular route, there are places where you can go down into the ravine and there is a clear demarcation of where off-leash ends and on-leash begins. But people being, well, for lack of a better word, ignorant, because I don't believe they are illiterate, think that because their dog is good at catch that they can ignore the signage and do whatever they want and use their ball thrower stick thingy in the fields. I have Luna on one of those retractable leashes, and I cannot count the number of times I have had to yank her up like a yo-yo to get her away from some dog who the owner insists is friendly while it is growling and going after my dog instead of the ball that was thrown for it. Now, that's not to say that sometimes Luna isn't an instigator. As I've said, she's dumb and she has a big mouth, so she may bark or growl at a dog, but she's on a leash and can't do anything other than make an embarrassing racket. When an off-leash dog is coming in hot, what am I supposed to do? I have often said that I will kick or hit a dog that attacks Luna, though I don't really want to, and thus far have not done so. I'd much rather punch their moronic owner who thinks they are above the rules. Luna has been bitten while walking down a sidewalk when a fat, aggressive chihuahua came barreling at her from their yard and chomped her hind leg. The owners mumbled an apology and disappeared into their house. We carried Luna home, washed out her leg, and put polysporin and a bandage on it, and she was fine. I wanted to march up to their house and give them a piece of my mind, but what good would that have done? A decent person would have grabbed their dog, thrown it in the house, and made sure our dog was okay, and made a promise, no matter how empty, to keep their dog in line. But there's the thing. 
No matter how well-behaved a person might think their dog is, there is no way of knowing from one encounter to the next how they might behave. Maybe your dog is friendly, until my dog, who is a bit antisocial, gives them a snarl. Or my dog, who is clearly trying to avoid an incoming dog by literally getting between my feet and doesn't want to have anything to do with the friendly dog, reacts by growling or seeming aggressive. It's not her fault, and she's, I think, because I don't speak dog, telling them to back off. But clearly, other dogs are either just as dumb or just doing what dogs do and asserting dominance. When you see that your dog is pulling that number on another dog, just like you would, I hope, step in if your kids were behaving that way, you'd do something. And I don't care if people really are dog whisperers, and I've met some who are pretty amazing. They also happen to be some of the most responsible pet owners I've encountered. The irony is that most people aren't. Good dog owners know that you can only do your best with your pooch and your training. And at the end of the day, you don't truly have control of your dog, unless they are on a leash and are able to be forcibly, if necessary, dragged away or at least restrained. And while I don't believe in choke chains and collars with those diggy in parts that hurt a dog or the laser zapper thingies, you need to be able to know that you're the one calling shots, not your dog. Responsible pet ownership is about knowing what kind of dog is best suited to you and your family in terms of temperament, energy, and personality. It's about making sure that they are vaccinated and licensed and when necessary, on a leash. It's about picking up after them and not simply putting it in a bag and then throwing that in the bush, which I've seen a lot too. Seriously, what is wrong with people? It's in these moments that I feel especially sad for the world, because if that type of clearly antisocial behavior is what we are up against, then all that stuff that we need to do to make the world a better, sustainable place to live really might be too much of an ask. I can't imagine our family without Luna in it. She's going to be seven this year, so around halfway to her expiry date. The love and pet therapy that she gives all of us is truly priceless. But with all that good comes the responsibility of making sure that they are safe, secured, and well taken care of. Because that means that when they encounter others, everyone will be able to say the same thing. They feel safe because your dog is secured. What happens after that is up to the comfort level of the parties involved. But as with most things, it's better to err on the side of caution. Dogs really are man's best friend, but we are the ones ultimately responsible for them. They are a product of their environment, and I stand by the fact that there really is no such thing as a bad dog, just a bad dog owner. If you're going to be a good dog owner, it's important to think outside your bubble and consider that there are people who are afraid of dogs or who simply don't like them jumping up on them. So doing the right thing and keeping them by you so that everyone can enjoy the paths and walkways is the best way to live in harmony with all our neighbors, two and four-legged alike. Thanks for listening. If you have ideas for a topic or even better, a perspective to share, I would love to hear them and share them, ideally in a conversation with you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and throw a comment my way or share with friends. For better or for worse, we're all in this together. We have exactly one world to share, so let's make it the best one it can be. Until next time, take good care. Ciao for now.